Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. And welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jace. Our sponsors today, Mainstream Marketing and Boyd's One Stop. All right, weather in Galveston right now is 73 down on the island. That front has moved through and uh, stronger winds to kick in behind it. But uh, looks like today, partly cloudy skies and windy during the morning. High of 77, north winds 20 to 30 miles per hour tonight. Clear skies, a low of 62, north winds 15 to 25. And then for tomorrow, sunny skies with gusty winds developing later in the day with a high of 73, north winds 20 to 30 miles per hour. So uh, good little breezy front here. Bring it on. And looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. There's four of them. We have a high. It just occurred at 4.14 a.m. That's come, going in right now, 1.6. Then a low at 10.37 a.m. and 0.7. And then a high at 5.38 p.m., a 1.7. Then a low tonight, 10.55 p.m., a 1.2. 7.20 a.m. is sunrise. 6.50 p.m. sunset or moon phase is zero visibility. New moon. All right, looking at current conditions uh, offshore, the buoy out there, 22 nautical miles east of Galveston. A little earlier, it was only about 15 to 18, but now it's north at 25 to 29. And uh, water temps 80, air temp 76. Galveston Channel, it's north at 14, gusting to 21. At Eagle Point, it's north at 8 to 13. Morgan's Point, north-northwest, 14 to 17. So it's... uh, Hadn't kick, kicked in fully yet, but it will, and uh, it'll make for a nice weekend. Sunny and breezy and uh, cooler temperatures, just what uh, we kind of wanted, wasn't it? <laughs> it is fall. Let's get it rolling. It's kicking on in. All right, well, let's uh, kick in over to Sabine Lake now, and let's check in with our good friend Captain Bill Watkins, see what he's up to this morning. Bill, good morning. Are you up and at him? <laughs> 
Yes. Um, yes, sir. I can't. I cannot believe I've got a fish in this wind. Uh oh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got to at least drive over there and let everybody feel the conditions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sound like you better stay upstream in the Bayou District today. <laughs> that's gonna be what it is. I'll be uh, I'll be up in the north end of the system. That's for sure. I promise you, I wouldn't be anywhere else except uh, maybe on the couch watching a little college football later. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm telling you, uh, these, are, these are the days that you lay around the house and you think, boy, it's so pretty out there, I just need to go fishing. No, you don't need to go fishing because you're deceiving yourself about what's going to be mm-hmm. on the water. You know, that wind... But if you've got a plan, you can still catch fish. Well, if you'll stick to it, you know. Uh, I won't have a choice. <laughs> well, that's true, and that's what's good about weather like this. It makes you stick to your guns. You, well, I mean, there's nothing else you can do. you got to stay with it make it happen. Well, I fished south yesterday, and we did extremely well, and then... Uh, Probably caught trout just about everywhere we stopped the boat. And uh, one red, one good red. He just kind of slipped in there by himself. You never know when they're going to show up. Yeah. You, you fish a little old ditch somewhere in the mouth of it, and you got the tide moving right. One of those things may just show up. That one was about probably 26 inches, just, you know, nice. Nice size red for a uh, half shell, and uh, that worked out good. But then you have the other things that happen, like, and, you know, it was Friday the 13th yesterday. Yeah, it was. And I'm not superstitious, but I'd had my boat cleaned and uh, oil change on that new motor and all that kind of stuff. And guess what? They left the plug out, which I never take the plug out unless I'm going to clean the inside of the sump. And uh, I launched that boat and run all over and fished till 10:30. With the plug. Before out. I realized, before I realized that I was going to the bottom dot com, <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was 10 miles away from the landing. God. And, uh, was pulled up to a spot. I, I actually idled about a mile across this bay. And I had been running, you know, a couple of miles here and one mile over there and made several stops. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, 26 trout. I said, boy, this is in red. I said, this is going good. This is an easy day. And I idled across that bay about a mile and that let that water really get in there where I would notice it. We caught two trout and one of them I had on and I went over to step on the right side of the boat to land that fish and my foot was totally underwater and I went, whoa, this is not, where did all this water come from? And then I start frantically trying to figure out where it's at. 
where it's coming in. More. And, oh, hey, I pull the hatch open and kick on the bilge pump, and the bilge pump is slightly overcoming the inflow. It's it's okay. Uh, but, you know, you can't let your bilge pump run all day. You know, you got to do something because uh, you never know when it might burn up. Yeah. And then you're in trouble. And it was almost over the battery in the back of the boat. My goodness. Before I figured it out. I knew it was a little sluggish going from that one spot to the next, but couldn't get out of the hole. I, I said, well, what in the world's all this weight doing? Yeah, well, I, the light bulb come on. And then there was, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm trying to frantically figure out where that water's coming in. And then it dawned on me. So I pulled the inspection plate in the splash well and reach way down in the bottom of that boat. And I feel that water rushing through that hole. I went, oh, jeez. Boy, now how were you so, able to hang over the back and put that plug in there? Do you have the screw well, brass plug or just a rubber uh No, you can't do that. You can't do that with my boat. It's got a... Uh, it's not a detachable plug. It screws in and then it slides out and lets the water out, but it won't release. Oh, it's I made see. into the boat and you know, stainless steel rig. And so, you know, it's out and I can't reach in that pocket tunnel and get it out. I, mean, I can't put it back in. Oh, so man. you got to pull the boat uh, out I, of the water to do it. Yeah. So once I figured out what was going on, I said, okay, well, I mean, I could have stuck an ice bag in there or something and kept fishing, but I need to get all that water out of there. So yeah. I take I take off and run all the 10 miles back to the landing, put it on the trailer, and sit there and wait for 20 Drain. minutes while it all drains out. Yeah, I, that was, I mean, it was way up in there. Huh. Lots of water. Well, Salty that wasn't the only too. issue. Yeah, salty water. That means I had to go home and flush it all out, out, everything. So I get I get back into the boat, and somehow during all that process, I had run my jack plate all the way up to six. And uh, when I got ready to put back in and go fishing some more, the jack plate wouldn't go down. Oh, no. It totally was not, no. I still would work on up, but it wouldn't work on down. So now I can't run the boat past idle speed, so I can't go anywhere. Now all of that, all of that, <laughs> all that happening, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so I figured out where the lead was that goes to the battery off of the bottom of the jack plate. Cut the lead into and reverse the wiring. That way, up is down and down is up. So I got it back down. And you imagine my frustration with all this. <laughs> Why does all this happen at the same time? Man. Well, we went back so and it was called a switch our... then. Yeah. Yeah, the probably a relay. Up, but it wouldn't go down, so you had to switch the wire so you could get it to yeah. go down. Yeah. While you're actually so... pushing the up button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pushed well, up. But you're smarter than I so am. I wouldn't have figured that out. 
so the there's probably a relay bad in the back of the boat where it connects, and uh, that'd be simple enough to fix if I had one. Yeah. You know, but I didn't have one, so I reversed the wires, wrapped them together, and then when I put it back on the trailer, I had to reverse them back straight and raise it up. <laughs> Mm-mm. And then when we put it, we went back out and caught another, finished our limit, got their 30 fish plus three. And then, and then when we go put the boat back on the trailer, the strap broke on the hook. So, you know, there you go. It, it was. Boy, Friday totally. 13th uh, didn't, Friday didn't 13th. disappoint you, did it? Yeah, but you can trace all of that back not to bad luck, but to me overlooking stuff that needed to be fixed. <laughs> and that's the way it goes. And that's the life of a fishing guy. When it rains, it pours. Yep. You think one thing is bad enough, and so then I had to go home and really wash out the whole bottom of the boat. Yeah. And that. Then let it dry, drain. Made my day a long day. Yeah, and I would have corrosion X off everything and it was exposed and under salt water. Yeah. You got it. So <laughs> that's Man. that's kinda and I should have had my limit by by uh, ten forty five. I should have had two fifteen man limits. And and it would have been a easy day but it did not turn out like that but it was a beautiful day light winds you know right before front they're gonna bite yeah we didn't pull up stronger you know east or southeast winds had that front like they were calling for pretty day and there was uh there was no bird action yesterday that was interesting and i had a friend that fished up north there was no bird action up there either. Yeah, very, very up. little. Yeah. There'll yeah. be bird action after this front, though, or maybe during it, too. Could be. I'm kind of hoping that uh, it'll flush a little bit today. And that yeah, might probably, kick things probably off. Probably be birds working across the back back there with a the north wind and, you know, this weather change. Yeah, I think so. I believe it'll work out. Just, uh, I was hoping the wind wouldn't be 30. That's difficult. Well, so far it's not. Just offshore it is, but uh, yeah, they're oh, calling sure. for it. But it's only a forecast. Who who in the heck knows, you know? Is it northwest? It's north. North. Well, that's just as good. <laughs> Everything northwest, northwest is difficult on Sabine Lake because it comes uh, in. Across in the bay the over here, it's like 14 to 17. So yeah, that's not bad. Not yet. So they're that's calling for bad. it to kick in, but uh, it's supposed to be even stronger tomorrow. I guess a yeah. reinforcement to this front, you know, in the afternoon. I may not. Uh, I may not go tomorrow. But uh, they, those fish will hit any any style of plastic right now. And right. any color, it just doesn't even matter. If you're in them, you catch them. I mean, really, that's just, mm-hmm. we use a variety of colors. And styles. 
one of my guys showed up with uh, grub grub tails, you know, sickle tail grub, oh, and yeah. they bit that. And uh, you just we're just fishing uh, points and drains and whatever, but there was very little tide movement all morning yeah. long. These four tide days were on there just weak. They are very weak. There's there's a lot of water. It's bulled up, but it's just you know it's just real mild exchanges between low and high and everything. Right. Let me knock this break out, Bill. I'll come right sure. back at you, buddy. Hang on a second. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 418 here in the Bayou City. Let's go back and talk some more with Captain Bill Watkins. All right, Bill, we're back. All right, brother. Well, well I, I got some I got some advice for the uh, for the anglers out there that are not quite as knowledgeable as they want to be and the idea is, I'm just going to tell you straight up, if you're not catching trout where you're at, after a few casts, you need to move. And you need to keep looking. Because if you're not catching trout right there, and you if you want to wait until maybe three hours later one swims by, that's okay. But I, I can't operate like that. I've got to find fish, and I've got to find them quick. If you go up there and you sit down and you get positioned and start fishing, you make about 10 casts and you haven't got even a bite from a trout, you might as well just go because go to a different location, fish a different structure, do something because uh, if it's in your nature to just sit and watch a cork for three hours, and say they didn't buy it today. Yeah, they did. They 
You just weren't where they were. So try to very, very aggressive fish. And if you put a lure around them and work it halfway correctly like they want, I mean, vary your retrieves, you know, put a lot of work, you know, work the bait, let it go down deep in the channel you're fishing or whatever. Just kind of explore around and do different things. You will get bit. If there's a trout there, you'll get a bite. Yeah. They can't help themselves. They're just like a, a cat with a piece of string. If you dobble it in front of them long enough, they're going to bite it. And they'll at least let you know that they're there. And then you can work out all the details. You know, that's that's the way, that's are my approach you, to it. Are you just basically structure fishing, or are these trout showing you signs like slicks and bait and all that stuff? Yesterday they showed me no signs at all that they were there. Um, we'd pull up to a spot, be, be it in the mouth of a ditch <clears throat> or on a point, or down a straight bank with little indentions, you know, just wherever. I didn't see shrimp jumping. Maybe one every once in a while. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of bait flipping around, but the fish didn't show themselves on the surface. They were kind of hugging the bottom. And on days like that, you have to just visualize where they are. Yeah, in you got your spot head. fish and structure fish where you know all the bottom undulations and shell and everything else. Yeah, if you got if you got a shell bottom, that's a good place to be. But just because there's a, a shell pad down there or a reef don't mean that their trout are going to be there. So that's why I keep moving, moving, you know. And you just keep trying this and trying that. And uh, these, uh, these modern cats with their uh, panoptics, forward-looking sonar or whatever it, they do that by actually seeing the fish, but I'm not real sure how they determine what kind of fish they are in the bay, but you can see them, you know. It might be bait fish, it might be drum, it might be croaker, it might be trout, it might, I don't know. Uh, I, you and I learned a different way. We learned We learned how to just pick apart structure by feeling it. You visualize it in your head. But the, the main point is that you need to move and move. I don't sit in a spot over 10 minutes if I don't get a bite. Yeah. If I get a bite, I'll, you know, keep at it a little bit longer. And if I hook one, maybe I might determine there's nothing but two or three little trout there. Well, that's not what I want. I need something solid. So I move, you know, and I might move a mile down the bay or half a mile or two miles, and I try to methodically pick off structure. And, you know, I'm talking about structure by a point, uh, a shell bed that's under the water that you can't see, uh, you know, just stuff I've learned by experience. I just go from here to there to here to there. And uh, when I start catching fish, uh, <laughs> that's where I'm gonna stay for a little while yeah. until they fade off. And I don't, I don't beat them and beat them and beat them. If uh, if they fade off a little bit, I pick up and go to the next spot. And and you just, you know, you got to keep moving. You got to burn gas, and 
That's just it doesn't matter whether you're throwing live bait or you're throwing lures. If you're gonna move, you gotta move to find the fish. Yeah, it don't matter what kind of bait you got, if fish aren't there, they're not there. You're not they're not there. <laughs> you know, you think, well, if I had live bait, they're slow and they're not biting good. If I had live bait, if I had some live shrimp, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his butt every time he jumped. That's Quit true. if and Quit ifing and go you find know, a lot fish. of people will sit at the spot going, well, I caught them here the other day. They just hadn't got here yet. And they'll sit there and they'll waste three, four hours' time, and they don't ever show up. And then by the time they move, everything's through biting everywhere else. That's right. You know, you've so, got to press the issue. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, if you're going to produce every day, you know, you're just a regular yeah. Joe, and it don't really matter if you load the boat, well, and camp out, sit on them. Yeah, I think the problem is, though, everybody wants to load the boat. They want to catch. And what I'm saying is, if you do it that way, you're going to more often than not be successful. So, you know, if you want to just sit out there and watch your carp float and have have peace, you know, Maybe drink a beer or whatever. That's fine. But if you want to catch fish, you need to experiment. You know, let your mind run ahead of what you're doing. And it ain't. This is not rocket science. If it was, I wouldn't be able to do it. Now I'm woefully inadequate. Those fish, all they do is swim and eat and make more fish, and uh, they make, make more fish. Stupid sometimes. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, if you if you got birds working in the bay and all up and down the shoreline, well, great, go chase that. But that's my least preferred way to catch trout. I know, really. It can turn into a monotony out there. Just no. Well, yeah. If you got other boats, yeah. You know, on Saturday, I had to compete the other day. I, I was up in uh, the north end of the lake, and there was boats, guide boats out of Kapashu and everywhere in the world, and locals out the wazoo. Everybody knew that there was supposed to be some birds working, and boy, did they show up in mass. Boy, you let word yeah. get out about birds working, and man, here they go. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. And Facebook, you know. Oh yeah, all that stuff it, it just gets everybody all fired up. You just put it out there on on a dead book, like you call it. <laughs> That's it. Dead get book. excited, folks! Get excited. Well, it just, even uh... then, <laughs> even then, you're not going to catch anything if you can't figure it out. So, you know, I th- that day that was one day. That was a Saturday. And it was calm, and people were buzzing everywhere. So I totally ignored the big flocks of birds and went off to the side in some shallower water and caught way better fish. Yeah. Just drifting with the tide and stick the power pole down when I'd catch one. And we'd catch two or three. And then when they, they moved away from it, I'd see shrimp jumping that day. But the birds were not where I was at. I found them, I found those fish with one seagull just kind of cruising the bank, and I saw him do his thing, 
wheel around and hover and dip and catch a shrimp. Yeah. I said, okay, there it is right there. And I was completely 200 yards from all the heavy action. And people were so busy chasing those thousand birds, they didn't even figure out what I was doing over there. Fast lane fishing. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, that's my advice to everybody. If you want to, yeah. if you want to catch fish, and uh, this time of year is kind of like spring in a way. A fish, uh, you know, if you've got a high tide coming up real good up against the bank, you got you gonna have some fish up there shallow, uh, just like you would in the spring. And if that tide is way out off the bank, well, you need to focus on a little bit deeper water. That's how simple it is. And if you're in the region of the bay where the shrimp are coming out of the marsh, then you can figure out whether they're in the mouth of the bows or the ditches or they're out in the lake a little ways. Um, just think about it, and it'll come to you, and it's not hard. Yeah, you get where they're, everything's coming together. They're in the catbird seed. That's true. And then from if you go... Two or three days in a row, you really get it. Then you can figure out exactly what the move is. And then, you know, after you fish three or four days, and all of a sudden you go out there one day and nothing is like it was. <laughs> That's how God saves the fish. Total change. Total change. Well, one one weather system at the right time, it just changes the whole pattern. And you got to... Yeah back square one to figure them out again and then stay on that pattern for a while and then it'll change again just wait around it'll come what's happening yeah what's happening today is going to probably move the fish you can just about depend on it yeah because it's going to move uh, the bait wherever the bait uh goes and reacts the fish will go with it always do that's right there you have it that's <laughs> it sounds easy good conversation to yeah that. sounds good all right, Bill. Well, hey, man, I wish you the best of luck today in uh, this wind. But uh, somebody wants to call you about coming over and fishing with you. How do they get a hold of you, bud? 409 673 That's right. And I am about to be tested about what I just said today. All right. Because it, it will be different. Don't let us down. <laughs> hey, all right, buddy. Failure is not an option. <laughs> there you go. All right. Put, make sure that plug's in this morning. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes. What a nightmare. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, man. Not good. Take well, care, it's, buddy. Uh, Saturday the 14th. You're in good shape. We'll see you, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, later. Bye-bye. All right, that's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake. It's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 433 here in the Bayou City. Let's go up to Lake Conroe now. Let's check in with our good friend, Richard Tosh, the fish dude. What's up, Richard? Not a lot, Mickey. How are you this morning? I'm percolating, just moving right along. I heard that. I heard that. I'll tell you what, it got hot yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, well, it it always does before a front. You know, it warms up. And I know, boy. It got it got still. We was out there was on the so, water. And it, it was so muggy, like you know. I know. That was just crazy because yesterday morning it felt pretty pretty decent, and then yeah, you know had a little had a pretty good little wind blowing, you know, and stuff like that. And then then yesterday afternoon, boy, it, I guess about two o'clock that wind just shut it off. It said that's enough, and then yeah. it just started getting hot from there. But as, those fish bit better yesterday afternoon than they did in the morning anyway. So that's that was a good thing. Yesterday morning we got out there and got to looking for them. Been fishing for them in that grass with topwater baits and stuff like that. And and uh, been you know been doing pretty good. And then uh, mainly on spinner baits and stuff. And got out there yesterday. Could not buy a bite out of that dying grass. It's like Crazy. good night. I know because like day before I caught like. A half dozen of them out of there on a the spinnerbait. It's like, okay, that's, that's good. You know, it's make a good little pass through here early and catch a few and then go out to some deeper stuff and, and see how they want to act. We did that yesterday. It didn't get a didn't get a dang bite in the grass. And I said, well, foot, I'll run on out of here to some of this deeper stuff and had some brush piles that I found that I didn't really know were, were even in some of these areas. And I got to looking at them and, Saw some fish hanging up on them and thought, well, what the heck? Might as well t- throw some baits at them. So start yesterday, uh, day four, I threw some crankbaits at them. And I saw them chasing, chasing the crankbait. And I said, okay, I'll catch one of them. So caught it back out there and drug it in. As soon as I saw one of them chasing it, I just stopped it. And well, that rascal ate it. It's like, okay, that's that's good. And then yesterday got out, out there on them. And there were a bunch of fish on them things and got one bite. It's like threw a drop shot out there and dropped it right in front of them, shook it, and boom. Just I was just showing the guy that was with me. I said, this is what we're going to show them, you know, about the forward-facing sonar and, and how mm-hmm. you spot fish and stuff like that on it. And like I said, I threw a drop shot out there. It's only about 10 feet in front of us, sitting in about, I think we're probably about 15 foot of water. Threw that rascal out, let it hit the bottom, shook it a couple times, boom, hooked up. He comes straight up and jumped right there in front of us. I said, okay, now you do it. And we sat there for a good 15 minutes trying to get some more of them to bite, and they would not bite for nothing. I thought, well, heck, we'll move around. Moved around a little bit and 
Found some more of them on some of the brush piles. Still couldn't get them to bite. And I said, well, dang, it don't make no sense. So <clears throat> we moved down the lake, and, and I said, well, the town was jigging spoons. So got on a couple of old bridges that were out there submerged and in about 20 foot of water. So let's see if we can spoon up a hybrid or two. Got down there on the, on them bridges. Just got to looking around. Said, well, there's a couple of them down there. Dropped it down, bounced that spoon a couple of times. You know, and that's that's a whole different uh, tactic and a whole different technique for for catching fish on them spoons. Anyway, you got summertime spoon fishing and and wintertime spoon fishing. Wintertime spoon fishing, you barely bounce that bait off the bottom. Summertime, you jerk it up five feet. Yeah. I was trying to show show this guy. You know, it's uh, get it get down there. That's what you're doing. And all of a sudden, thunk, hooked into one. You know, a nice old hybrid and stuff. He was kind of still kind of skinny and all that, but but it was a good four and a half five pounder. I yeah. thought, well, you know, we'll catch some more. No, nope, didn't catch another one. And wrapped that up and threw, threw some guys in the boat in the afternoon. I said, I ain't doing what I did this morning because I mainly went. South, you know, over in Caney Creek in the in the grass, but I mainly went south for for the morning. I thought I said we're going north this afternoon. Went north first first stop we had. I think we had three bass that we hooked up on. Had had a couple more that just didn't get hooked up. They pulled the baits off the hook and throwing Carolina rigs at them, dragging them through dragging them through some of that structure that was down there in about eight to ten foot of water. And uh, we caught, you know, several of them around two and a half, three pounds. You know, no giants, but had a couple of nice ones out there. And then just kind of moved around a little bit, hit some hit some different spots. And you got bites all afternoon. So the north fish were biting yesterday afternoon. South fish weren't doing nothing yesterday morning. So it's just, it's strange because normally, normally the south fish will be fired up. But I guess because that, Weather change and the water temperature differential. You know, water temperatures, what, I, I think it got up to 81 yesterday afternoon. But in the morning, it was running 78. So, you know, the water temperatures are down. And I think that, that water cooling down first up north has got those fish kind of started up a little bit. So, mm -hmm. that's, that's good. We can go out there and see what them catfish want to do today. So, see if we can't haul out a bunch of them rascals this morning. They ought, to, they ought to act right after this cold front because it's I'm looking at 60 degrees right now so it's it cooled off pretty good last night and that's that's gonna be fine fine for me be out there all day again today so this afternoon won't be near as near as warm as it was yesterday but I guarantee you that sun will be shining just as bright it's it let me know I hadn't been out there all day in a while yesterday right so it's Got me a nice little suntan going anyway. <laughs> oh, heck, because that's, that's the thing. When I get off the water for just a little bit, boy, I, I feel it whenever I get back out there on these on these sunny days. So that's just one of them things. Get get over it. Get used to it. I want to go try some hybrids, but I, don't, I just don't know. I hadn't been chasing them enough, so I don't want to waste a bunch of time this morning. Yeah. So I ain't going to do it. I'm gonna, I want to know where they're at before I get to chasing them. So I'm, you know, that's one of the things I might I might end up changing my mind and give them a shot for about an hour just to just to see if I can find them this morning. But uh, it depends depends on how much bait I catch this morning, and how quick I catch it. So we'll we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, it's just it's just it's something's gonna happen. That's for sure. 
I know them catfish will bite. That's the main thing. I know them rascals will bite. So we're going to get after them for, for sure. Ain't no doubt. So hopefully I can, I can get on some hybrids. But like I say, it's just going to be one of them things. Well, I'll, I'll kind of call it as I see it this morning. And it's, uh, you know, just one of, one of those things. I, just, I don't want to waste everybody everybody's time in the boat. I know this afternoon we're going to be bass fishing again. So, so we'll see how that works out this afternoon after this front. It ought to, it still ought to be all right. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it's going to be bad. I'm not going to say it's going to be great either, but I sure want some bigger fish. I keep looking for them, them six pounders and I can't get them duck waves to bite for nothing. Well, so now I know I see them down there though. That's what's crazy. I can what that. That's what's so bad with that forward facing sonar. You can tell when it's a bigger fish and, and when you see them down there, it's just harder to get them to bite. But, but, it, I don't know. One of these days, one of these days, I'll figure it out how to make them all bite when I want them to bite. <laughs> I've heard this story I, before. <laughs> I know it never happens, does it? <laughs> no, it and does. It, never, it just when you least it, expect it, boom, it's all over. It, you know, it's on. It's exactly. That's the thing. When you about the time you think you got it all figured out, and then uh, yeah, you, it just accidentally just falls in your lap. That's when it. That's when it's best, though, and it's, you know, it's great whenever it all happens like that. You know, it's, in the springtime, it's, it's a whole lot, you catch a whole lot more of numbers of fish, and then the bigger ones, too, and it, then here, once that water temperature starts cooling down, those, those bigger ones will start stacking up on, on some of these spots and just kind of, you know, getting ready, I'm not going to say getting ready to spawn, but, but to feed up for the winter, and, and then working, working towards the spawn so it's uh yeah it's it's one of those things where you just gotta stay stay with them and and stay at it and as the water cools off you start looking for those those hard spots those those rocky areas and and stuff yeah. like that 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 draw the heat so right now it's the transitional period so you're going from hot to cool and and uh you know they're just kind of scattered throughout, and it, like day before yesterday, I was in this one little area, and I noticed there were several of them that were trying to school up on on the surface of black bass water, and they weren't very big, but I saw you know about eight or ten of them just trying to pop up and off this little point of grass over there, and I thought, man, this that'll be good if they come up, but it just one here and one there, they wouldn't, they weren't organized, so they wouldn't you know, bunched up and all take off at the same time. But it's, it's fun when you catch them like that, schooling on the surface anyway. It's been a long time since I, I've seen largemouth school on the surface on Conroe. But when it well, happens, it's a blast. You know, Fayette County, they don't do it anymore like they used to. And, you know, there's a little bit at Rayburn, but not like, you know. No, I, tell you, I guarantee you back in the day at Rayburn, it was a blast because I, I, I've been – Running into weigh-in, you know, had had a little time left. Running into weigh-in, see fish schooling on the top, and call six pounders with schooling on the surface off a of river. Wow. I mean, that's that was that was one of those days that you couldn't do no wrong. I mean, he's on the way on the way back into weigh-in, you all of a sudden you spot him popping, and say, "Dang it!" And you stop, make two or three casts in there, and call out a couple with with a couple of six pounders and I know people that done it with eight pounders over there too. And it just, it nice. I, 
It does. It does. Because you're sitting there thinking, man, I got one I need to get rid of. The whole time you're thinking that. And then, then you pull up there and pop a couple of them out of, out of your live well. It's like, that's it's what I'm talking nice about. when you can call two or three on the way in. That's it is. It is. You work all day for that. Hop in your step there, buddy. I guarantee it does, and it is such a hoot, you know, and it's, you know, the thing is, I, I tell people all the time, I can't tell you how many times I've either caught my final keeper fish of a, a limit on my last cast or called out a critical fish on my last cast of the day. I mean, I've, I'd sit there like several times and say, okay, I got, I can make one more cast and I've got to go or I'm going to be late to weigh in, and I'll, I'll pitch it out there under a dock or something thunk and okay here we go got it got it call out one little small one come in and, and end up going from just out of the money to either winning or being in the top five so it's you know you always that's one of the tournament fishing that's one of the big things you never stop i mean until that no. last minute you do not stop you know and it's you know, it's a little different for y'all down there. You know, the coastal stuff's altogether different because you got the the tidal influences and stuff that that really make a difference. So if you're on the wrong tide, I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter what you do, you can't get them to bite. But but uh, when you're on the right tide and you got everything going right, it's it's game on. I mean, it's, I can't remember who I was talking to yesterday about them dang bull reds. I think guy I had yesterday morning. He was he'd been going over to Venice fishing, and he said he just got back over there and them bull reds running like crazy over there. So he's uh, or I think he said yeah, I think he's going to Venice is where he said he was going. Yeah, they're running bull... everywhere. You don't even have to leave uh, Texas no. to catch bull reds right now. That's what I right that's here. what I heard. Galveston Bay, all the way all the way down the coast. I heard that. See, last year I went over to Hackberry uh, Labor Day week, uh, you know, right after Labor Day, and them bull reds started running up, up and down out there. So we caught a me and my wife caught a fistful of them out there with Bobby, and, and uh, it was that was a hoot just catching them. I mean, I I enjoyed catching those those big fish like that for a little while, you know. Yeah. But then I want to I want to get out of them, you know. Go catch me something we can eat. You know, that's, right. that's one of the things, those, those big ones, you know, a lot of people love catching them and keeping them, but man, those big bull reds, uh-uh. not me. I want the, I want those that are just keepers, those big giant things. They just, you know, they just, uh, I never knew those, they had that many scales on them because whenever you cook them on the half shell, those big ones, the scales multiply. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding me. It's it, there. It's you think, okay, there's. On a little chunk, and say maybe there's 40 scales on there. Shoot, it looks like 140 whenever you get through doing them on the half shell like right. like that. It's, it's like good night. Those things just swell up. It's, they pop out everywhere, but it's a uh, you know, it's a hoot just catching those big things, you know. But all in all, I'd rather have a flounder. You know, that's that flounder's a a, a good one for me. I enjoy I enjoy eating the heck out of them them flounder there ain't no doubt but yeah speaking of that maybe this strong front here and the next one coming that'll that'll get us a good flounder run going before they cut everybody's limits yeah well they what do they do is it november december they shut it off yeah i think it's november 1st till december 15th 
Okay, okay. Well, well, actually, they, they, the 14th, if you count it till midnight, it's not right, right. 15th. Might as well. I mean, that's yeah. That's that's the thing. I used to love flounder gigging down there. So, but that that uh, after my flesh eating bacteria stuff, that kind of shut me down on that. So, well, it's but, been kind of. I hadn't heard many cases of vibrio. No, no. I'll tell you what. Because the water's been and, so salty and and. Uh, you know, we hadn't had yeah. a lot of brackish areas for anybody to get, you know, for that stuff to grow. Well, that's a good thing. I guarantee you that's a good yeah. thing because it's, uh, I mean, that stuff is, is not is not good at all. Now, I've heard of a few people getting it from, from oysters, but other than that, I hadn't heard much. Yeah, there was yeah. one case, you know, back in the summer. Yeah, because that, that was a buddy of mine over. Well, you just, over, you just don't eat raw oysters in the summertime. You're just playing Russian roulette. Really, you're. All the time, from what you know, a couple of doctors have told me how you cook them. Don't eat them raw. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I've, I've yeah, I always enjoyed eating them, and they told me after I got that vibrio, they told me flat out just stay away from them. Don't do yeah. it. And I've pushed my luck before. I've eaten them, you know, and then after a buddy of mine died, he he because uh, he ate, he was down there at, at uh, Rockport, ate two oysters. And within a week, he was gone. So now that's what happened to a friend of me and Blaine's this summer. Yep. Same yeah, thing. Over, yeah, he was. This one I'm talking about was over in uh, Marble Falls. He was uh, uh, with the fire department over there. So he was fixing to become their chief. And uh, it's just all that stuff happened. So that ended that. I mean, he was a good fellow. So. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's it's horrible when stuff like that happens. But a lot of times it's a, you know, your your immune system's down or something like that, and you don't realize it. So, uh, oh well, I mean, good Lord's gonna take us when He's gonna take us. That's all I can say. Yeah, when it's your time, it's nothing. You That's can do your, about it's it. your time. Nothing you That's can it. do. You're gonna go. There ain't no doubt. But it's well, well, this one and the next one coming, we're gonna have some really nice weather for a good stretch. Yeah, you know, yeah, deer season's right here. We're in yeah, bow season right now. We get that, get this rifle season coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, watch it warm up for opening weekend. I know, I know. Yeah, that's horrible. After getting all Don't this nice cool that. weather stretch here before it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. But it's, uh, you know, hopefully it stays stays cool and, you know, doesn't get up there above the 70s anyway. It'd be nice to keep it down below the 70s for open well, weekend one Halloween season. We took all the kids trick-or-treating, and it was absolutely miserable. I hear you. It was, you know, like in the low 30s and like a drizzle and wind blowing about uh, 25 or 30. Yep. Those there kids you had go. to go. That's right. Got to go. Got to go. There ain't I no said, y'all work it. down this row of houses here, and I'll uh, just ease the truck down, and y'all can come load up, and I'll take you over to the next one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the way to do that. That's the way Boy, to do that. Howdy. There ain't no doubt. I'll tell you what, it's like, you know, I remember those days. There ain't no doubt about it, but it's, uh, uh, those days are long gone for me. So it's time to just stick with the fishing. No more trick or treating. I'll be trick or treating on them on them fish. What I'm gonna be doing. Right. So I'm about ready to head over to Raver and check them crappie out over there. I was looking yeah, at Randy some. Yeah, said uh, the crappie fishing was picking up for him. You know, he said there's good. no little ones now. They're just all good quality quality crappie. And see, that's that's why I love going over there this time of year. Start typically starting about November. 
November, December, January. You get mm -hmm. over there, you don't run across a whole bunch of little ones, but you're going to catch, you know, you'll catch some big ones. There ain't no doubt. And then some years are, they're a little slower than others, but man, they, there's some big ones over there. And I spotted yesterday, I spotted some on, on one tree we were on, tied a little crappie jig on. I couldn't get the, couldn't get them to bite, but it's that, you know, it's just one of those things is, yeah, the crappie on Conroe have been just horrible this year. I mean, I've been telling people this is probably the worst crappie year on Conroe I've seen in at least 15 years. I mean, it's just I, I don't know why they're so bad this year, but it's they're just not they're not as prevalent, and, and I don't know why. It, I mean, it it could be you know the COVID attack, you know, when everybody got out there and got them. It could be you know, it. it yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's one of the things that's really strange for me. And I see. Yeah, during that see, COVID time, man. I mean, everybody was fishing. It was just every real. day, every day too. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. And you know, but but like with, uh, I see a lot of people using their their forward facing sonar and and uh, they're. Yeah, you know, they'll post pictures. I look at all these crappie on this tree. Look at it. They're most of them are brim. You know, yeah. I figured that out, especially on Conroe. You look at, at a lot of those those pictures you see, the fish are not – you can tell they're small fish. They're not big. When you spot right. a tree full of full of crappie on that forward-facing sonar, it's like a Christmas tree with ornaments. I mean, yeah. those – and they glow. I mean, that's that's one thing about using it. And that after you kind of figure it out, it's, you start looking at them, you think, well, that looks like crappie. And, and it well, might plus be, them brim will be up shallower towards the top of the tree too. They won't be always as, as like the crappie get, you know. Yeah, they're always going to be. And they'll they'll spread out. I mean, they'll be all over it. I mean, they'll they'll be a a five foot radius around the brush pile. They'll be all up mm -hmm. above it and all around it. And then the the crappie just kind of stick themselves to the tree. It looks like, you know, right. and that's that's what's neat but looking at them that way and. And figuring it out like that, and it just, you know, the more I, the more I look at it, the more I figure out, of course. But, and that's the way everybody is, you know. You only learn, you know. To me, that kind of stuff, you can read about it all you want. To you get out there and use it firsthand. You got to do it. You got to go out and you do got it. to. Yeah, it's got to be a hands-on deal. You can't, you can't just sit there and say, okay, this is that, and and go on. You can, but you're going to be wrong. You know, that's that's one of the things about it. You're going to be wrong. Well, there's a difference between a real fisherman and a textbook fisherman. A whole lot. Of yeah. Oh, I know. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I used to, when I was club fishing way, way back, there was, there was those, uh, I used to have some of those textbook fishermen getting a, get a boat, and yeah. they'd, they'd read too much is what it was. They'd, well, the fish ought to be biting on this. And I'd be throwing a buzz bait or something, and, uh, they're catching fish on it. What are you throwing? A buzz bait. I'm throwing a crankbait. Well, throw a buzz bait. Throw a buzz, buzz bait. Maybe five casts, sit down and reach high. Well, the book says. I don't care what the book says. It's what the fish are doing. You know, you go with what the fish Every are doing. You don't talk. Every situation's different, you know. It's, Every uh, one of them. I mean, it's, you know, something a book says may be a month old. You always do you better know? when you figure it out for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And you, you know, it's like I was telling the guy yesterday because he, he never caught a bass on an artificial lure. He's more of a saltwater guy out of New York. So, he, you know, he's up there catching, you know, stripers, that, saltwater stripers that come in up there like Chesapeake Bay. And, mm -hmm. 
and uh you know he's he's trying to figure it out and i said the very first thing i'm gonna do when i pull up to areas i'm scanning the whole area looking for bait you know if i see any bait activity if i see any birds on the bank things like that that tells me the bait is in the area so <laughs> the first thing would be looking for the birds if you see egrets and herons standing on a bank there's bait there yes and if you is. see them if you see a line of them you better get over there because there's something there and then when you pull up you look right. for those areas by what's jumping on the surface so all right richard i got the uh, roll buddy hey if somebody wants to call you about coming coming over to conroe and fishing with you how do they get a hold of you man all right, Mick, anyone get in touch with me at 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. All right, buddy. All right, have a good day. Thank you, Richard. See you. Yes, sir. Y'all have fun. All right, later. All right, it's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 